All right, we are still looking at some uh, classics from the Old Testament, in particular here these first few weeks. Uh, last week we talked about David and Goliath. Today we're going to talk about Samson. If you want to turn in your Bible to Judges chapter 16. Judges chapter 16. We'll start in verse 19. I would encourage you this week, if you get an opportunity, to go back and read all of this story for yourself. Time doesn't permit us today to go through the story in great detail the way I would, I would like to verse by verse. We have uh, several chapters here of the life of Samson. Uh, chapters 13 through 16 cover most of Samson's life in pretty good detail, or at least hits the high points and brings out the uh, things that maybe we need to be aware of. So if you get an opportunity this week, I would encourage you to read Judges chapter 13 through chapter 16. I'll kind of uh, tell you the story as best I can to keep things uh, short so we can know kind of what went on in uh, 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 Samson's life. Uh, but I encourage you never just to take someone else's word for it. Always read it for yourself, just in case I mess up or if I get something wrong. This is a story that some of you may have heard before. It's a story that I personally remember hearing in Sunday school a lot, but it's a story that uh, I didn't really fully appreciate, I guess, until I get older. And you kind of see the, uh, the, 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 I don't know what the, the word is, maybe the darkness, I guess, would be a, would be a good word to use. That uh, This story is not just about a man who got his hair cut and lost his power from the Lord, but it's a story about a man who was chosen by God for a purpose, but he lived a pretty reckless life, uh, to, to put it best. I think that's putting it mildly. Uh, as far as uh, some of the choices he made and decisions that he made. And so we're going to talk about this uh, classic story of Samson today. Uh, we'll read in Judges chapter 16. We'll start in verse 19. And what has happened in the verses before this is that Samson has met a woman by the name of Delilah. And Delilah is trying to find out the source of Samson's power. Now Samson was a strong man, as we will talk about in the next a few minutes as we're, as we're going through his life. He was a strong man of much strength and he caused much trouble to the Philistines who were an enemy of God's people Israel. And Delilah was deceitful. There were some who had offered to pay her a pretty good payment if she could find out the secret to Samson's powers. And Samson finally, being quite foolish or, or, or maybe just, just plain stupid, uh, not being able to see what she was doing, eventually uh, gave in and told her the source of his power. It was from his hair that had not been cut. And she cut his hair, and as a result of that, he lost his power. And as the Philistines were coming in to attack him, he could not uh, fight back. And so uh, that's what we see taking place leading up to this verse. Uh, Samson had told Delilah his secret, and then we pick up here in verse 19. Then she let him fall asleep on her lap, and called a man to shave off the seven braids on his head. In this way, she made him helpless, and his strength left him. Then she cried, Samson, the Philistines are here. When he awoke from his sleep, he said, I will escape as I did before, and shake myself free. 
but he did not know that the Lord had left him. The Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes. They brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles, and he was forced to grind grain in the prison. But his hair began to grow back after it had been shaved. Now the Philistine leaders gathered together to offer a great sacrifice to their god, Dagon. They rejoiced and said, Our God has handed over our enemy Samson to us. When the people saw him, they praised their God and said, Our God has handed over to us our enemy who destroyed our land and who multiplied our dead. When they were drunk, they said, Bring Samson here to entertain us. So they brought Samson from prison, and he entertained them. They had him stand between the pillars. Samson said to the young man who was leading him by the hand, Lead me to where I can feel the pillars supporting the temple, so I can lean against them. The temple was full of men and women. All the leaders of the Philistines were there, and about 3,000 men and women were on the roof watching Samson entertain them. He called out to the Lord, Lord God, please remember me. Strengthen me, God, just once more. With one act of vengeance, let me pay back the Philistines for my two eyes. Samson took hold of the two middle pillars supporting the temple and leaned against them, one on his right hand and the other on his left. Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. He pushed with all his might, and the temple fell on the leaders and all the people in it. And the dead he killed at his death were more than those he had killed in his life. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning. I thank you for these words, and I pray, God, as we talk about the life of Samson and all that goes on, God, I pray that you would just help us to see, uh, God, how you worked in his life. And God, help us to see ways that maybe you could work in our life, things uh, that you're doing in others' lives, dear Lord, in the ways that you're working. God, I pray that you would help us to be men and women of faith, even though we sometimes may be men and women of failure, dear Lord. I pray that you just hide me behind the cross. I pray that you humble me, dear Lord. I pray that you let the Holy Spirit speak through me this morning. I pray that you recall the words I need to say, God, that's just what we need to hear. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will do the work. I pray that Jesus Christ is glorified in this place. And I pray that you wrestle with our hearts, dear Lord. Give us the encouragement that we need, the conviction we need, whatever it may be, God. Let, this, let your words today in this story speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. This is at the end of Samson's life. This is at the end of Samson's strength here. Now this is when Samson is about to give his life to destroy the Philistines who were an enemy of the Israelites. But to fully understand uh, Samson, we need to understand the whole story of Samson and how God used him and why God used him. We see at the beginning of this story of Samson in Judges chapter 13 verse 1, it says, The Israelites again did what was evil in the Lord's sight, so the Lord handed them over to the Israelites for 40 years. Now, Israel was in a pretty bad place here. Uh, they, were, they were not doing well. Now, Moses had led them out of Egypt. Joshua had led them into the promised land, but now Joshua was gone. 
Now we're at a new, a new phase in history where God has appointed some judges to rule over the people of Israel. Now, timeline-wise, these events that we're reading about today took place before the events that we read about last week. So David's fight against Goliath, the Philistine Goliath, would have taken place years after these events. So we're kind of going back in time here. Now we see that the Philistines weren't completely destroyed because, as we remember from last week, David and the other Israelites were still fighting against the Philistines. The Philistines were mentioned in the book of Genesis. The Philistines have given the Israelites trouble for a long time. They are an enemy of Israel. Now Israel has gone into the promised land at this point, uh, but they're not doing well. They're not being obedient to God, as God had told them in Exodus, as some of you may remember if you've been coming on uh, nights when we read Exodus, that God had made that promise and said, look, if you are devoted to me and don't worship other gods, I'm going to be with you. But if you don't, look out. Well, they did. There were some who were faithful, no doubt, uh, but there were many in Israel who were not faithful to God. They had gone into a foreign land, and God was concerned that they would take on these foreign gods. That is, quit worshiping Yahweh, the only God, and begin to worship false gods. And God knew that they needed some leadership, and so he sent these judges to, to kind of watch over them. And as you see through the book of Judges, you see that Israel's still in pretty bad shape. And we see here at the beginning of the story of Samson uh, that Israel is in bad shape because they continued to do what was evil in the Lord's sight. And for 40 years, God had allowed the Philistines to rule over them, which is about the period of a generation. We see that uh, term, uh, that number of 40 years used throughout Scripture. And, and I think generally it symbolizes a generation of people uh, were under, the, under the, the rule, so to speak, or under the hard times of the Philistines. Now, God was going to use Samson to level the playing field, to... Uh, to to begin to uh, destroy some of these Philistines. Now, when we are introduced to Samson in this story, first we are introduced to his parents. His mom, who is without child, an angel appears to her and says that uh, she is going to have a child. Now, there was going to be something different about Samson, and that is he was going to be a Nazarite, not to be confused with a Nazarene. A Nazarene is someone who is from Nazareth. Jesus was from Nazareth. But in this case, Samson was a Nazarite. Uh, a Nazarite was somebody that God had said in the law uh, would be someone who would abstain from certain things. Uh, they would not drink any alcohol, uh, they would not touch a dead body, and they would not shave their head. Now, I don't know if Samson uh, upheld all of these, as we will see as we go along, but the one that seems to be singled out in the book of Judges that Samson did hold on to, the one that's mentioned the most and the most focused around, is his hair. Now, it's very possible that Samson uh, was a Nazarite through and through, and he did not drink wine, but what we see in Samson's life is that he did slaughter many people, and so he did come in contact with a dead body. But he still upheld the part of the Nazarene vow in which he would not shave his head. Now his parents knew this from the get-go, and Samson knew this from the get-go, that he was set aside to be a servant of the Lord. And Samson began to grow. If you uh, look in uh, uh, Judges chapter 14, uh, you see uh, everything kind of uh, shift gear. Samson is, is grown now. He's old enough that he wants to take a wife. Now, what we see is that the wife that Samson wants to take is not from the people of Israel. 
Now, this is something that God had warned his people about a lot. Don't take a foreign wife. Now, this was not a, a racial command. He wasn't saying don't intermingle with people of another race. He simply said, do not take a wife who's going to lead you away to a false god. We see the same teaching in the New Testament. Don't be unequally yoked. Again, that's not a racial uh, command. That's a command saying don't be with an unbeliever. You need to be with unbelievers. That's in, in, your, in your daily fellowship, in your business endeavors, uh, and especially in your marriage, I believe, when we see that term there. The same was true in the Old Testament. God said don't be unequally yoked. Don't marry a woman from another, another, another people group because they worship false gods. So this would have been a big deal because Samson had grown and he wanted to take a wife that was a foreign Wife. If you want to read along, you can flip to Judges chapter 14, verse 1. Judges 14, verse 1. Samson went down to Timnah and saw a young Philistine woman there. He went back and told his father and his mother, I have seen a young Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as a wife. Now, some may would look at this statement, and maybe rightfully so, and say, well, it seems that Samson was spoiled, that he was telling his parents what to do. Well, that may have been the case, uh, but it's also very likely, in my, my view, that uh, it was common in, those, in that culture in that time that your parents were to set up a marriage. It's not like our culture in our time. It's hard for us to even imagine that, although we do see it, especially in some other countries. And even sometimes here in the United States, we don't typically see parents arranging marriages. We don't see prearranged marriages. And most of us can't even fathom the fact that we wouldn't get to choose our husband or our wife. And in those days, it was up to the parents to get together and arrange things. Now, I don't know if the child would have typically had say in who they were going to marry. In the case of Samson here, where he had spotted this beautiful young Philistine woman and he wanted her. But it would not have been out of the question for parents to get together or for parents to be the one who had to uh, make sure this marriage was going to come together. So it could have been that uh, Samson was just a spoiled brat and said, that's what I want, go get me that. And his parents went and got it. Or it could have been that... The culture was, was uh, establishing uh, Samson's actions here. He was following what the culture already allowed for, that is, the parents uh, prearranging these marriages. In verse 3, But his father and mother said to him, Can't you find a young woman among your relatives or among any of our, of our people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines for a wife? Well, guess what? His parents weren't happy about this situation. They didn't want him to marry a foreign wife. Now, some of you who are parents may can relate, not because your child wanted to marry a foreign wife, but that they wanted to marry somebody that you didn't think was a good fit for them. Now, in this case, uh, 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 Samson's parents uh, didn't want him to get married because, well, they weren't supposed to marry foreign women. And they said, look, can't, couldn't you find somebody else? Couldn't you find somebody that's more like us, one of our people? And he says, well, why do you have to go to the uncircumcised Philistines? Now, this was a big deal. Circumcision was a sign for the Israelites that they were God's people. That's what separated them. That's what uh, showed people, hey, we are God's people because they entered into that, uh, that, that, that covenant, into that circumcision commitment with the Lord. And so when they referred to the Philistines as uncircumcised, that's kind of a blow. These people, these are, these people are lesser than us in, in some degree. These aren't our people. Why can't you find a woman from our people? Why can't you find a girl from one of the tribes of Israel. It goes on a little further to say, but Samson told his father, get her for me because I want her. 
Now his father and mother did not know this was from the Lord, who was seeking an occasion against the Philistines. At that time, the Philistines were ruling over Israel. Now, Samson doesn't listen to his father's advice there. And it says that his parents didn't know that uh, this was from the Lord. Now, isn't that interesting? The Lord had a hand in what was taking place here. This whole uh, situation that was about to break out between Samson and his uh, wife-to-be was from the Lord. Now, whether Samson knew it was from the Lord, perhaps the Lord had told Samson, and that's why Samson was adamant to choose this woman. Or perhaps Samson and his, and his desire for women, as we see throughout the book, uh, was, was not a good thing. But God, even in that instance, used something that was bad uh, to, to accomplish his will and to accomplish his goals. So whether Samson knew it was the will of the Lord or not, we don't know that from the text. The parents didn't realize it was from the, God, uh, from the Lord. And whether any of them realized it or not, the text tells us that it was the Lord's will. This was the Lord's plan for Samson to take this Philistine wife because the Philistines had ruled over the Israelites all this time and God is trying to free his people. And he's going to use this occasion uh, to be the springboard that is going to allow uh, Samson to, uh, to uh, slaughter many of the Philistines and try to bring the Israelites to freedom. So Samson and his family go on in the verses following. They go down to meet this wife-to-be that he is wanting to be with. Along the way, Samson is attacked by a lion, which he kills with his own hands. Uh, Later on, we see Samson coming back through, and there he sees that lion. It had been some time because the lion uh, had time to decay. And in the carcass of the lion was was a beehive. And he reached in there, and he pulled out some honey, which he ate and which he took to his parents. That may seem kind of like an odd story. There are some different views as to that story. What you will find as you read through uh, these chapters and Judges, there are many different views as to things that could possibly be pointing us to Jesus Christ. Now, while I think we can over-exegete, that's a big fancy word for read too much into the text, there could be some clues there foreshadowing Jesus. Some would say that the lion was representative of Jesus and that upon his death, something sweet came from that. Uh, and that's a, that's, a, that's a valid thought. Now, whether or not that's what the story was originally uh, meant to imply or whether or not that's what God wants us to take from it, I don't know. But that is true. Through the death of Jesus Christ, who is called the Lion in Scripture, something sweet did come, and that is the grace and forgiveness and the redemption that we have uh, through him. Later on, Samson uh, went back among the people where his wife was, the Philistines, and he presented a riddle to them. He presented a riddle to them uh, to see if anybody could get it. Now, he had, he had told them he would give them certain things, uh, some, some rewards for getting the right answer, uh, and the people could not come up with the right answer. And so what they did was uh, they went to his wife, and they said, Oh, you've got to tell us. You've got to tell us uh, the answer. Uh, what did you do? You brought, this, you brought this Israelite guy in here, and he tells us this riddle, and now he's going to take advantage of us and take our stuff. How dare you do that? And they were on his wife, and they were on his wife, and finally she gave in. She said, All right, I'll find out what the answer to the riddle is. And so she goes to Samson and she puts on this big show. Oh, how could you do this to me? My people think poorly of me. And the text says in some translations that she nagged him so much that he finally relented and he finally gave her the answer to the riddle. 
which she in turn went and told to her people, and they in turn responded to uh, Samson and told him the right answer. The answer to the riddle is, what is stronger than a lion and what is sweeter uh, than honey? And Samson was upset because of this. As a result of that, Samson kind of stormed off and and, and bad things occurred. To make a long story short, go back and read it for yourself. And he left his wife there. Now sometime later, Samson went back to uh, get his wife. And the girl's father said, oh, well, uh, you know, we thought that you were so angry with her that you wouldn't want her again, so I gave her to someone else. Well, this enraged Samson. Uh, this, this, this made Samson uh, very angry at what had taken place. Samson ends up doing something that, that seems pretty intense. He goes out and catches 300 foxes, the Bible tells us, and uh, ties them tail uh, to tail with a torch in between and lets them loose on the Philistines' uh, crops so that everything is burnt up. And this, in turn, enrages the Philistines. So we're starting to see this situation escalate. Now, God knew this was going to take place. He knew that Samson was a bit of a hothead. I I think we can see that in the text. He was a big, strong man that God had blessed him with that strength because of his long hair, uh, because he was a a Nazarite. And, And Samson is using that strength, sometimes maybe in a wrong way, but he's using it to accomplish God's will and God's goal. God can take things that are bad, what the enemy intends for evil, and use them for good. These foxes go out and burn up the Philistines' crop, and as a result, the Philistines set fire to his wife and his father-in-law's house, killing them. Now, this enrages Samson all the more. And then we see a battle, if we can call it that. It seems kind of like a one-sided battle where Samson uh, destroys 1,000 Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. And so he was a strong man. Can you imagine 1 versus 1,000? Now, this strength did not come from Samson. This strength came from the Lord. Even though Samson was kind of a hothead, even at the end of that that huge massacre that Samson uh, put among the people, the Philistines, for what they had done, he even then asked God for a drink. He said he was drained. God, would you please give me a drink? And God uh, made water come from a rock, similar to what we have seen earlier in the book of Exodus. And so even still... He trusts in the Lord. His faith in the Lord is still there, but he's not really living the the good life. He's pretty hothead. He's pretty pretty, uh, full of anger and a lot of hatred toward the Philistines. After this event takes place, he goes and he hides out. After that, uh, his own people, the Israelites, come. 3,000 of them, it says, came uh, to bring him in. The Philistines wanted they wanted a Samson. They wanted to get a hold of him for all the things that he had done. And Samson said, look, you're not going to kill me, are you? He said, I'll come with you. I'll let you take me back to the Philistines if you promise not to kill me. So uh, the Israelites said, sure, we're not going to kill you. Well, we, we'll tie you up. And the text specifically says that they tied Samson's hands up with new rope. That is, not old and worn out rope. And they led him to the Philistines, of which point he uh, broke free uh, from those ropes. Now the Philistines uh, didn't didn't like uh, Sam, uh, Samson at all because he was destructive to them. He was uh, destroying them. We fast forward a little bit in Samson's life and we see uh, that his, 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 his desire to uh, be with women gets him in a lot of trouble. 
It was his desire to be with this Philistine woman that got him in all this trouble that we, that we see up to this point. And we see later on things shift gears. He goes to a place called Gaza uh, where he meets a prostitute there and spends uh, the night with her. And the people there decide that they are going to sneak up on him and they are going to uh, take control of him while he's there. Now the Bible doesn't give us a lot of details, but somehow along the way he's able to sneak out. Not only is he able to sneak around those who were trying to kill him, but it says that he pulls the gate of the city out. He pulls the whole gate of the city down, not even the big gates that would have been closed shut at night or able to hold Samson in. Not only does he rip the gates from uh, the ground and rip them off the hinges and rip them out of the wall, but he takes them with him. So that gives us an idea of the strength of Samson here as he's taking these big, huge, heavy gates from the city of Gaza and he's taking them with him to a place that would have been miles away. That just gives us an idea. We see these little nuggets of information throughout the book of Samson. While we don't have all the details of his life, we are constantly reminded of a few things. One, he likes women. Uh, two, he is a very strong man. Three, he is a hothead, and he is uh, not, not afraid to take out his strength on the Philistines. Eventually, we uh, come back around to David again, and he is with yet another woman. This time, it is Delilah that we have read about in the text. And here, Delilah is wanting to deceive Samson. Now, you would think by this point that Samson would have uh, learned from the error of his ways but yet he has failed to do so. Perhaps this is a good time for us to reflect in our life and see, are we making the same stupid decisions like Samson made? It seems as though that his uh, sinful behavior, that is, in wanting uh, many women, uh, it seems to every time that this occurs, it, it, it gets him into trouble. He's either running for his life or he's killing someone else. Uh, it's, it's causing trouble for him, and he refuses to accept or maybe doesn't even make the connection uh, that his actions have consequences that come with them. Now, we don't see a whole lot of, of Samson mentioned uh, as far as a relationship with God or as far as him calling out to the Lord, not too much here in the book. Just a little nugget here and there that lets us know that he does trust in the Lord in some way at least. And after all, we do see in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 that he is considered to be one of those who had great faith. Now, it may be hard for us to wrap our head around that based on the things that we've heard about Samson to this point. He's a womanizer. He's one that's killed many people. Uh, these things don't seem like one uh, of someone that God would use. Uh, but even still, God can take us in our weaknesses and in our evil things and do things for his glory and for his will. Now, Samson goes in to be with Delilah. And Delilah is, is being bribed that if she will find out the secret of Samson's strength, that she will be greatly rewarded. And so she asks Samson, and he doesn't tell her the source of his strength. He makes something up. Well, lo and behold, she tries what he says, and then she says, Oh, oh, Samson, the Philistines are coming. And no matter what he told her, whatever she tried to tie him up, to get him down, to lose his strength every time, he would rise up and his strength would still be there. And this happened a few different times. She would ask him, and you would think after the first or second time, he would be on to her. He would say, well, every time I tell her something, she does that to me, and then the Philistines come. But yet he's not putting two and two together here. I'm not quite sure if he's just, if he's just not a very smart guy. I'm not sure. 
Perhaps God uh, was just uh, using his, his foolishness here and his lack of wisdom to accomplish the goal that he ultimately wanted accomplished. For whatever reason, Samson continued to tell Delilah uh, all of these uh, fake reasons why his strength uh, was and where his strength came from until eventually, for whatever reason, Samson told Delilah the truth. That if his hair was cut, that he was a Nazarite, that he, that he was uh, one of God, and that's where his strength come from. And that if his hair was cut, he would lose his strength. And that night, as we see in the verses we read, Delilah cuts the hair of Samson, and when she yells, the Philistines are here, the Philistines are here, and Samson gets up thinking, just as before, he's going to use his strength, and he's going to destroy them. Only this time, his strength is gone. And this time the Philistines are able to capture him. And as a result, Samson faces horrific consequences here. It says that they gouge his eyes out. That is pretty, that's pretty horrifying to think about. Now, even though that we see in the text, in particular in Hebrews, that Samson was considered a man of faith, we need to realize that our sinful and bad behavior can lead to consequences. It doesn't mean that God might not ultimately use that for good to accomplish his goal, uh, but let us not make the mistake of reading this story and saying, well, hey, Samson's considered a man of faith, and he did what he wanted to, and he was kind of rough around the edges, therefore I'm going to do what I want to do. Well, you can do that if you want to, and you may very well genuinely be a man or a woman of faith in Jesus Christ, but you also need to realize that there are going to be consequences for the choices that you make, for the lifestyle that you make. You also need to realize that we are not Samson and that there is a good chance that God hasn't called us for a specific purpose in the same way in which he called Samson or empowered us in the same way in which he empowered Samson. Yes, we see stories like this in the Old Testament and they are beautiful, but they are rare. This is not something that God did to all of the Israelites. These, this is not a power that he gave to a lot of people that we see in a text. This is, this is something that is rare. Now, not to say that God can't do rare things and give us rare abilities today. I believe he can, and I believe he does. It is also very possible that God could call one of us in this room for a specific uh, something and, and give us the specific strength that we need. But we need to be careful and not justify our sinfulness by saying, well, Samson was a bad guy, he was a womanizer, he was hot-tempered, therefore it's okay for me to be hot-tempered because he was still a man of God, he was still praised in the Bible. Now we see other people in the Bible. Rahab, she was a prostitute, she's mentioned right above Samson in Hebrews. But we must not miss this point. These people that are praised in the book of Hebrews were not praised because of their sinfulness. They were praised because of their faith. God was not celebrating the fact that Samson was a womanizer. God was not celebrating the fact that Rahab was a prostitute. He was celebrating the fact and, and, and making known to us that we recognize them as people that had faith. And that's what we don't want to miss. We don't want to look at that hero of faith and see those people who failed in many ways, David included, who was also an adulterer and a murderer. We don't want to look at that and say, well, they're in there and God is, is praising them for that. No, God is not praising them for that. They face consequences for that. David faced consequences for his decisions. And as we see with Samson, Samson too faced consequences for his decisions and the choices that he made. And the Philistines came in. 
Because Samson didn't listen to the Lord. Perhaps he didn't take God's word serious. Perhaps it was a moment of weakness where his desire to sin and be with women was greater than his desire to follow the Lord. And as a result, it cost him. And it cost him greatly, and he suffered greatly. The same is true for you and I. There may be times where our desire to sin over, overshadows our, our desire to serve the Lord. It doesn't mean that there's not forgiveness there. It doesn't mean that we are not Christians. But it also doesn't mean that we are going to be able to continue to sin without there being any consequences. So the Philistines take Samson, the strong, mighty Samson, who had slayed thousands probably of their people at this point, at least 1,000 we know in that one event, plus the others who would have come against him throughout these different times that they come against him. But at the very least, he had served hundreds, excuse me, slaughtered hundreds, possibly thousands of Israel, of, of Philistines. And the Philistines were glad to get him. And they had him and they gouged his eyes and they forced him to work. And time had went by. But they didn't realize that his hair was beginning to grow back. And as his hair began to grow back, so his strength began to come back. Now the Philistines were celebrating. Now this would have taken some time. It takes a while for hair to grow. It would have taken some time for Samson's hair to grow back. And the Philistines didn't realize. But in the meantime, they were celebrating. And they were praising their god, Dagon, because their god, so they thought, had delivered Samson over to them. We see that mentioned a couple of times in the passages that we read this morning. They are praising their God because their God, they said, had delivered Samson over to them. Now, I think that this is not a coincidence. I think that this is one of the instances where God is reminding the people of the land that the Israelites are in that their gods are insignificant. But only Yahweh, only God, the God of the Israelites, is the only true God. And no matter how big and strong and mighty they think their gods may be, they will never be able to stand to Yahweh. And the people are praising their God. They are, they are in this huge temple complex with these big pillars. And they are saying, oh, praise our, our God because He is so good and delivered our enemy to us. And they think and everything is going great. And they begin to drink. And they begin to get drunk. Boy, they are proud. They are mocking God. They are mocking Yahweh, the God of Samson, the God that we're here worshiping today. They are mocking him. They are having a good time. They are partying and praising their false God who they put their trust in. And they call for Samson. Bring him in here. Let him entertain us. Now, I don't know what they made a Samson do. Perhaps they had him doing different kind of tricks or whatever it was. And I'm sure they were laughing and they were mocking as there was Samson, the big strong man, didn't even have eyes to see. And they were having a good time. And Samson was brought in and he told the man who brought him in, place me beside the pillar so I can lean there. And in that moment, Samson realized where his strength come from. He knew where his strength come from. And in everything that he had done at the end of his life, I believe he realized the error of his ways. Now, part of this was revenge. We see that in the text there. He wants to get revenge on the Philistines. But so did the Lord. The Lord wanted to take care of the Philistines because they were causing problems for the Israelites. Now, let's not misunderstand when we read about God wanting to destroy the people who were in the land. Let's not misunderstand that God was not just the God that says, I want to just eradicate everybody, whoever I want to. These people that God was wanting to get rid of were evil people. They were doing evil things. 
God was not picking on innocent people. It's not like he was picking the poor, innocent Philistines and having his way with them. No, God was bringing justice. And in this story, he brought justice through uh, by means of, of Samson. These people that God are destroying, these are evil people deserving of justice that they are uh, receiving. And here Samson is between these pillars and he prays to God, God, would you give me my strength back? In this moment, would you give me my strength back so that I can destroy these people? Now, there were thousands of people there in this place where Samson was. The leaders of the Philistines were there. And so with this event that's going to take place, with the loss of life of this many Philistines, it would have been a huge blow to them. And Samson prays for the Lord for his strength one more time. And he stretches his hands out where he can feel those pillars there, and he begins to push with all of his strength as he begins to push the pillars down and the building begins to crumble and more people were killed that day by Samson than all the other days combined, all the other Philistines uh, that were killed. And Samson that day gave his very life to destroy the Philistines and to fulfill God's will. Now I think in some way that should point us to Jesus Christ. Now I'm not implying that Jesus Christ was a sinful man I'm not implying that he was in any way like Samson, except for the fact that he was willing to lay down his life for his people. He was willing to lay down his life to accomplish God's will. He was willing to lay down his life so that the enemy could be destroyed. Some commentators would even say the very fact that Samson was there with his hands outstretched, that that points us forward to the cross. Perhaps it does. Perhaps that's not the original intent of the text. But we see that Samson's faith was strong, at least at this point in his life. And we see that, at least throughout his life, it would appear to me that Samson did believe and trust in the Lord, but he was a man that lived a sinful life. He was a man that allowed his temper to get the best of him. And even in his sinfulness, God still used what was evil to accomplish good and to deliver his people. And if you want to flip with me to Hebrews chapter 11... <coughs> We'll close with this, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11 chapter, or excuse me, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30. It's a good chapter to read if you want to go back and read all of it. We'll just kind of pick up in the middle here. It says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after being encircled by the Israelites for seven days. By faith Rahab the prostitute received the spies in peace and didn't perish with those who disobeyed. And what more can I say? Time is too short for me to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the raging of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, gained strength after being weak, became mighty in battle, and put foreign armies to flight. Now right here in Hebrews, of the people who were celebrated in the Old Testament uh, for having faith, here is Samson's name tucked in here between a few others with not a lot of details given, but in God's word, God recognizes Samson as a man of faith. Now some of you may be like Samson today. You may have some, some characteristics, some sinful characteristics that God does not desire of you. 
That doesn't mean that God's through with you or God can't use you. But you don't want to continue in those sins, or at least we shouldn't want to continue in those sins. We shouldn't want to live a life like Samson, nor should we try to justify our sinfulness and say, well, Samson sinned and God still used him. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to repent of our sin. Samson is not celebrated because he was disobedient to God and because he was a womanizer. Samson is celebrated because when it came down to it, Samson knew who to call on. He knew that the Lord was the source of his strength and that the Lord was his deliverer. He knew that all he had been through and everything he had done, he did not give up on the Lord, but he had enough faith to call out to God in his moment of greatest need. And that's something we can learn from. There may be some in this room that has lived a life of sin, and some of these sins that we have committed is causing much consequence in our life. There may be situations and circumstances now that we're going through that are a result of sins that we have committed, much in the same way that Samson's uh, capture and imprisonment were a result of the consequences of him being disobedient to the Lord. It doesn't mean that if we seek the Lord that all of our consequences will be made better and that everything will go away. Yes, in Samson's case, uh, everything was made better, but he did give his life in the process of that. There was not an easy out for Samson. But God still uh, chose to strengthen him. God was still with him, and God will still be with you if you call out to him. Perhaps your faith is weak. Perhaps uh, your faith uh, is, 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 is not existent. Perhaps you have no faith at all in the Lord. Perhaps you need to take a page from Samuel's story, and you need to realize today that your only strength comes from the Lord. The only deliverance you has have come from the Lord. No, we don't need to be delivered from the Philistines, but we need to be delivered from something much worse, and that is our sin and the consequences of our sin. But God is faithful to forgive even the worst of sinners, even the hotheads, even the womanizers like Samson. He's still willing to be there with them. He's still willing to strengthen us. He's still willing to forgive us through Jesus Christ. If you haven't put your faith in God, then you need to put your faith in God today. You need to put your faith in Jesus Christ. And God will forgive you. And there will be a day that you will be rewarded for your faith. And you will be remembered as one who was faithful just as Samson was. Not because of your sins, but because of the forgiveness that comes through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning as we look at this story and so much going on, dear Lord, in the life of Samson. And we see how you used him, dear Lord. And we see uh, some of the mistakes that he made. And maybe you made us aware of some of the mistakes that we make, dear Lord. And I pray that you help us to see those things and be aware of those things, dear Lord. I pray that you help us to see that even though it may seem unconventional at times, that you have a, a plan, dear Lord. You have a way of deliverance for your people. And in the day of, of Samson, dear Lord, his parents didn't realize it, but you were at work. And God, maybe there are some of us here that can't understand why things are happening the way they are. But you're still at work, dear Lord, and you can take things that don't make sense or things that appear evil and you can still use them to accomplish your goal, dear Lord. Just as you desired what was best for your people Israel and to free them from their enemy, God, so you desire the same for us. You desire to free us from our enemy, that is sin. And so, God, I thank you for Jesus Christ, who is the freedom from that, dear Lord, who is the one who gave himself for us so that our enemy could be defeated. And so, God, I pray that you would help us to have faith to call out to you call out to Jesus Christ, to make him our Lord and Savior. Dear Lord, maybe some of us feel like we've reached the bottom of the barrel. 
Maybe we might not be in the same situation as Samson, but we feel pretty lousy and we feel defeated and we feel like our enemies uh, overcome us, dear Lord. But help us not to forget that the one who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. God, you call those who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, dear Lord, we are overcomers. And so, God, I pray that through Jesus Christ, through his sacrifice and death, that we place our faith in him, that we overcome our enemies and our sins and the things that are against us, that we would be victorious in Jesus. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.